The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are back with an AMA on air. Hello, happy Friday, or maybe happy Sunday. I don't know what day this episode will come out. I am pre-recording a whole heap of content for you guys while I'm away on my European holiday. And so I'm giving you short, sharp, juicy episodes just because it's going to be easier for me. And I wanted you guys to still have episodes while I'm gone. At this point, I know that I'm going to be missing you guys so much and I hope you're missing the podcast too, but there's still episodes here for you. So if you've missed any, go back and listen to those and yeah, listen to this one today. All right, let's get straight into it. As always, I have to say that these episodes are not a replacement for professional mental health help or support. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. But we are diving into question number one, which is actually a little bit juicy if I can say so myself. And it is, how do you navigate life if you and your future sister-in-law do not get along? And thank you so much to this listener for sending this in. I know that it is probably super tricky and difficult, especially if you know that you're going to be in this person's life moving forward. And especially if you know that you don't get along. Now, I do believe you can pave a way forward and learn to just coexist peacefully. And so I'm going to give you some tips. I obviously also don't have any other context because I don't know why you don't get along. And I don't know if something has happened or if there's an opportunity to maybe forgive and like make amends and make a conscious choice to really move forward and just continue living, you know, in that peace, as I said. But obviously when we have situations like this, I do believe that things like communication, empathy, compassion, kindness can also play a part as well. And I also think there's the other element of maybe there is no common ground at the moment, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be any common ground down the track. And so I wish I had more context here because I don't know if you have tried to like make amends or if something happened or if something didn't, but I recommend that because she's going to be someone who is in your life for a little while. And as I said, I don't know if she is your partner's sister or if she's your partner's sibling's partner. I hope I'm making sense. I feel like that's making sense because sis-in-law could be either of those. But ultimately, your partner is your top priority in this situation. And I think your partner and your relationship comes first. And obviously, being in the family, that is going to play a part and play an impact and play a role in that. And so my first bit of advice is to always keep the communication respectful, to always keep it mature, and to always keep it balanced as well. And I say that with your communication with her, but also with your communication with your partner about her, because I feel like you want to just make sure it doesn't impact your relationship in a negative way and that your relationship doesn't suffer because of it. Obviously, if that is not working, there's some other things that you can do to try and maybe bridge the gap between you two. And so the first thing that I'm going to say is have some boundaries if you don't already. And these boundaries are just there to protect you and to protect your peace and to make sure that you can live a peaceful life, even though this situation is happening. And these boundaries are really just to keep the communication respectful and the interaction respectful. And an example of a boundary that I'll give to you is maybe you are just keeping the conversation very high level. 
Maybe it's just a matter of saying hi, goodbye, how are you, not letting it get any deeper than that. You don't have to necessarily make a whole heap of effort, but you can keep it friendly. You can keep it high level and almost surface level, if you will. This also means when I'm talking about boundaries is to keep it neutral. And I know depending on some families, there might be that tendency to like want to gossip and to talk about each other behind each other's backs or to maybe like bitch amongst each other. Try not to do that. I know it can be hard, but try to just avoid any gossiping. If there is an opportunity where she may be trying to trigger you, and I'm not even saying she's doing this on purpose or being spiteful or anything like that, no, but she might indirectly be triggering you. What can you do so that you essentially don't take the bait so that you can keep the conversation or keep the dynamic respectful and peaceful? I think the last thing I'll say on this is that it can be really hard, especially when it's family and especially when it's not blood family or it's like family through like marriage. It can be really hard to navigate when people don't get along. But I also think that elephant in the room Not all relationships, especially with family, are going to be perfect. People are not always going to get along. And sometimes people aren't going to be deeply connected. And that is okay as well. And I think if you can accept that and realize that this dynamic is just going to be that surface level one, then that's a good position for you to be in as well so that you know that like it can just exist like this and it can be okay. And I also think that despite your efforts, even if you are trying, even if you want it to be more, I think if you just focus on your own behavior, that is a better way to go about it because if someone, it doesn't really matter who it is, but if they're not letting you or allowing you to like build that bond or get closer to them or not giving you time of day, you can just keep your actions and with your head held high and know that you're doing the right thing and know that you are being respectful and being kind and Again, I always say like control what you can control. You can't control her. You can't control what she's doing, but you can control you. So is there a way that you can do that that brings you that peace and that makes it more bearable? I will say good luck. I'm sending you so much love. If anyone has any tips on this, please feel free to start a thread in the Facebook group. You guys are welcome to chat about it if you want. We're moving on to question number two, which is every guy that I end up dating plays me. Sad face, help. And there was a little sad emoji, so I had to put that in. But I just want to give this listener a huge hug because it is so hard and dating can be so rough. Trust me, I've been there, done that. I also know this vibe so well because you guys have heard me speak many times about how I would repeat the same pattern. I would attract the same type of person and I would experience this situation in dating over and over and over again, whether it was in the guys I was dating or the guys I was in relationships with. And it's not a fun experience, especially if you want something long lasting, especially if you want something serious. And so I have some tips. I'm going to give them to you. I just want you to know that if you are in this situation and you have a pattern of dating a certain type of person or feeling like you're constantly getting played, you can change the pattern. It's not too late and it definitely can be changed. And so the first thing I want you to do is to go back and listen to my episode on attachment theory. I think that's a really nice way to dip your toes in, to get a little bit more comfortable with I guess understanding your own behavior and understanding your own patterns, because I think there could be some key takeaways from that that might resonate with you and even just bring that awareness to maybe why you're doing the things that you're doing or why you find yourself getting played by these people and in these situations. Secondly, 
I just said, I believe that it can be changed. And I, I a hundred percent believe that. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not just saying it to give you guys false hope. Like I genuinely believe it. Anyone can change the pattern if they want to change it. And with awareness, that's how you do that. And so it doesn't happen overnight, but it can happen. And I think with self-development, it can be a slippery slope. You don't always have to be fixing yourself. You don't always have to be working on yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if there is an area of your life that you want to improve it, you can. And the way you do that is by educating yourself about it. So maybe it's reading some books on attachment theory. Maybe it's understanding, firstly, doing a test to understand what attachment style you have. And maybe it's about figuring out why you are attracted or interested in these people in the first place. And the way that I would recommend you doing that is sitting down and literally grabbing a pen, grabbing a piece of paper. You can even do it in your journal, but writing down every single person that has played you, as you have said in your question, and just writing down the similarities between each of them and write down any repeating patterns that may have come up, whether it was like how they approached you, whether it was in their actions or in their behavior or the way that you felt, write everything down and take a look to see if there are patterns that exist between all of them because I did this activity with my psychologist the very like second or third session that I was in therapy with her and she got me to do it and at that point I had had three ex-boyfriends like long-term ex-boyfriends and they were all different people I was obviously attracted to all of them to get into a relationship with them but when I wrote it down on the piece of paper and I wrote everything down there were so many similarities between each of them all that was different was like their faces and their names. And it was wild to me that that happened. But it showed me that like I was onto something because I could see this pattern happening and I couldn't explain why. And so that first bit of awareness is your path forward and is how you get that change happening. Then I'm going to say when you are actually ready to get back out there, take a bit of a break from dating right now while you're doing this reflection. But when you are ready to get back out there, take it slow. Take it so slow, slow it right down. I don't know what kind of data you are, but if you rush into things with people, if you think too far ahead, if you give everything straight away, try to change the pattern of your own behavior. And I have done this and I think it is a safe way to go about dating, especially if you are somebody who falls very quickly, especially if you are somebody who tends to find that they do get played all the time. Avoid rushing into relationships, okay? Because it takes time to get to know somebody. It takes time to understand somebody, like their values, who they are, what they like, if they're a good match for you. And so if you can try to stop yourself from getting emotionally invested too soon, that could help you. And I think what I've learned is I just did this in a very recent dating experience. I did not want to rush into it at all. I wanted to give myself the time so I could really assess if this person was the right one for me. And this person wasn't, but I was so glad I took it slow because I was in a better position come the end of that because I was able to evaluate his intentions and his character and see that like this wasn't a person that I wanted. And then the last bit of advice, and this is something I'm doing moving forward. I'm not dating right now, but when I am back from my trip, I think I might start dating again because I do want a partner. I do want a boyfriend. But the last bit of advice is to be upfront with these people when you are starting to date them and don't date people who don't want the same thing as you. Because if you're going out there and you're saying that you want a relationship, why would you be giving time and effort to somebody who is sitting there telling you that they don't know what they want or they don't know what they're looking for or they just want to have fun? If someone can't sit there and tell you that they are interested in something serious and they do want a relationship, it doesn't matter if it's not with you, but if they don't know what they want, if they're confused, if they have no clarity, if they have no vision as to what they're planning in the future, are they somebody that you want to invest time in? 
is this person really worth it? Is this person aligned with you? And I used to do this in the opposite way. I never used to really ask what anyone wanted. I never used to ask what their intentions were. I never used to get that clarity. And you know why I didn't ask? Because I was scared it would scare them away. I was scared that if I said, I want a relationship and they didn't, that they would not be interested in me anymore. And you know what I say to that? Who cares if you scare someone away? If they're going to be scared away by what you want and by a relationship, good, let them be scared. Okay, I think if you get that clarity and if you have that, straight up conversation earlier on, you save yourself from time, pain, and getting invested with the wrong type of people. And I know that when I do start dating again, I'm going to start practicing what I preach. I was getting better at doing this in the last couple of dating interactions I had. And a way that I would do that is even on dating apps, I wouldn't swipe or match with people who didn't put any effort into their profile or when they, when it had like, what are you looking for? And they've got like open to short term, but like wants kids or they've got don't know, or I'm not sure. Like if someone was confused in that section, I wouldn't even give them time of day. And so I need to get a bit better at when I meet people in like real life or if it's someone that I know that's asked me out, like I need to be like, hey, like why do you want to catch up? Like are you just like dating for fun or are you dating for something serious? And then make my decision accordingly. I would rather know the facts up front than live in limbo and then possibly get hurt down the track. The last thing I'm going to tell you is that it takes time to find the right partner. Dating is a process. So don't be frustrated that it is not coming quickly or that you're having to like sift through some people that aren't for you. I actually think it's better if you're finding that these people aren't for you because at least I know that like you're then not settling on someone that's not right for you. So don't lose hope. There are good people out there. There are people out there who want the same thing as you. There are people out there who want the same or who have the same values as you. And I think if you're taking your own steps to improve how you date and how you show up in the dating world, then it will translate in your dating experiences. So good luck. I hope that you can find someone more compatible soon. And I hope that you can find someone who gives you what you want and who looks after you. I know it's out there. It's out there for me and it's out there for you. And I never want us to lose hope or give up on that. And on to question number three, which is our last and final question for this episode. Do you have any advice on asking my therapist for weekly appointments? I'm scared to ask. And yes, I definitely do have advice because I have done this myself in the past. And I just want to say good on you for already firstly being in therapy. I think it takes a lot to, you know, put yourself out there and to go and get the help. And I also think it takes a lot to know when you need more appointments and when you need more therapy. So I want you to pat yourself on the back because I'm really proud of you and I hope you're proud of yourself too. Now, as for this, I have done this in the past and I think I've spoken about it on the podcast as well, depending on what's going on in my life. Like if I'm going through it, I need to see her more frequently. If I'm happy or if I'm chilling, everything is stable and I feel like I'm managing okay, then I can really push my appointments out to like between the four and six week mark. But there are definitely times in my life where I'm either in a crisis or shit has hit the fucking fan and I need to see her more frequently. And so when that happens, I have always just asked her and then sometimes I don't even ask her. Sometimes I just literally call my therapist, their office, and I'm like, can I please see my psych? Like I, she's gone down. Like I need to see her. And sometimes they're like, oh, she has no appointments. I'm like, put me on the wait list. If there's a cancellation, text me and I'll come straight away. I mean, I do telehealth, but I always have no issues asking because I just know that it will help me. And I've seen it in the past where I've asked, I think maybe two or three times and it's helped me every time. So I know that 
it's okay. But I think if you've never asked before, this is what I would do. So the first thing I would say is if you've got an appointment coming up and you can bring it up in your next session, you can do that. You can also just call the office of the psychologist that you visit and see if they've got an appointment that you can get into sooner. I know it can be really hard to get appointments, especially some psychs are booked out like weeks in advance, but see if you can get onto either a wait list to see her sooner so you can ask her sooner. And then when you were in there, just communicate to her what's going on. Say to her, this is happening. I'm not sure what's happening, but this is happening. And I feel like I would benefit from getting more appointments from you. I can't see a therapist who's going to turn around and say, no, I'm not going to give you that. I'm not going to give you what you need. Because in my experience, I have, a, I think I've got a very good therapist, but if you have a good therapist, they're going to want to help you. They're going to want to give you what you need to get through it. The only time my therapist has ever said that she didn't want to see me, it wasn't that she didn't want to see me. She was like, I never want you to be so reliant on me that you can't live without me. And I had a bit of a meltdown when I moved from Sydney to Melbourne because I wasn't going to see her anymore. But I understand how to look after myself and I know how to look after myself, but I still think it's something so important. And that's why I'll continue to go to therapy even when nothing's wrong. And so I understand her wanting me to be self-sufficient. But if I was in crisis, if I was going through it, she would never turn me away for extra appointments. Now, if you're scared or if you are too shy, one thing that I think is really good is even like writing a letter or maybe even an email to like prepare your psychologist for the next time that they see you. You can always give the letter at the start of your appointment or you can send the email before your appointment. That way it takes away the pressure of you actually verbally saying it. And that way your psychologist knows what you need. Because I think therapy works really well if you are open to it and if you can communicate in like in alignment with your psychologist or with your therapist. And that is by being open and honest and communicating when you need that help. And so I know it can be really hard. I know it can be hard to advocate for yourself. I know it can be hard to advocate for your mental health. But as I said, a good therapist is going to be understanding. They're going to be open to it and they're going to want to support you. And I don't think that they would decline you wanting to increase the frequency of your sessions. But Good luck. I hope that by the time this podcast episode comes out, you've already asked for the extra sessions because I know you submitted this question a few weeks before this actually goes live. And so I hope that you have asked. If you haven't, this is your sign. Go and ask. All right. I love you. I'm proud of you for looking after yourself and keep looking after yourself. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap the show up here. Thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't, follow us on Your Safe Space Pod's Instagram. I will be posting updates there and like little snippets of episodes while I'm away. And I will be giving you an update of when you can expect the podcast back. And join our Facebook group as well, Your Safe Space Podcast community. Follow me at Adele Marie. Give us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple or a rating and review on both of them. That helps the podcast out so much. And please tag us in your story as well while you're listening because that helps us too and I really appreciate it. All right, guys, be safe. Look after yourself. I love you. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.